is good, my divine pill family. Listen, since everybody else is at work, then I guess no more play for me. <laughs> I have to come back to work too. Oh my goodness. All right. Everybody's busy and there's no one to play with. So I came on here. I wanted to share something with you. I feel really confident in this message. Um, I've been tapping into just, you know, I have an ability and it and it's not just necessarily because of me i think that it's um learning to embody um empress energy so one of the the i love how i only have like four notes on here but once i go in like once i get on here you guys it just everything starts to come into place that i never even thought i was gonna say but remember like a while back, we were studying, um, I have a comedic tarot deck and um, I sometimes I'll come on here and I'll just share with you what I'm learning as I'm learning because I, I want to be able to pull the cards and get the higher meaning of of the message. And um, remember, we pulled the Empress, I think it was Mutt, M-U-T. And one of the things that fascinated me about her was in her headdress, she had i was so curious why it was this i didn't know what it was but it ended up being a i think it was a vulture and not so much a, an eagle i would have thought like everybody uses the eagle why don't you wouldn't you use an eagle or a falcon but at the end of the day the message that was behind that headdress and why it's on her crown chakra um you know kind of just centered above the third eye is the thing about that is it has an ability to um, fly the heights that the eagle does, but it's very intentional in having a worldview of picking apart, you know, where the carcasses are and where the negativity is and feeding on that and but in such a way that as you're dealing with it, it sounds kind of gross. By by dealing with, with all of that, the dead spaces, it makes you that much more stronger and powerful and you fly to higher heights and you can go for larger prey type of a thing, right? Um, and one of the other things I want to tie this in tandem with and why it, it's all so seamless, right? This is kind of like a... I'm not coming at you very light at all. This is a very heavy message because one of the other things that we've been talking about on this journey was the importance of you to get your wealth up. It's important to get your your economics, your money, your finances up. You've got to get be able to to get in with the champs and be a heavy hitter and and I've been pushing for that the best I can. Pushing or pulling? I don't know which one would be the most feminine. Wouldn't it be probably more feminine to kind of pull you in? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I want to make it sound. I want to make it sound magnetic to you. Um, I want the idea of not just getting your weight up, and uh, but I want it to sound appealing to you. I want it to sound pleasurable to you. I want it to sound enticing to you. I want it to sound magnetic to you, the idea of passive income as well, right? But one of the things that we talked about a while back is, you know, and and there's conspiracy theories. I'm learning to work with the good and bad. But in the 
quote that we had worked with, it said, they, whoever this they is, right? I'm starting to deal with who the, the they are. And it's almost this idea of Satan and the devil. But really, the best way I can explain it is it's your enemy, right? Your enemy. The enemy at the end of the day is your enemy. Sometimes we say that there's these whole systems and schematics and all this stuff of them against us. At the end of the day, are you going to have to mastermind around some things and obstacles in life to get your money and your weight up and that type of thing? Yeah. But at the end of the day, nobody's really checking for you like that. Like, I think we're still at a point where, especially in the black community, no one's checking to see what's happening with me as an individual and my finances. Um, so it's like, feel free to break away from the collective thinking of that. And once the collective get it together, once the elders get their stuff together, when they build it, we will come and we'll, we'll go to war the way that we need to. But right now, nobody's checking for you on an individual basis. So like, get your money up, get the promotions, build your business, get your money up. Don't get stuck in this whole idea that you only need to make forty and 50000 a year type of thing. But I say all of that to say there's a... um. There was a message we dealt with a while back that said, they don't want you to... um have free time because they when you have free time that's um the free time is what makes you dangerous it was saying that they want you to be stuck in a nine to five because when you're um when you become wealthy it frees up your time and when you start to free up your time you start to think the way that I'm manifesting that very much so with you, right? Very much. Um, went from, I've shared with you, you know, work the nine to five, working with, with uh, several licenses. And there was days I would come home and on the track to wanting to make money, right? And being ambitious and being out there. Um, and then the pandemic hit and everything, I mean, everything collapsed right up until the very end, I was working on, on some enterprises. Um, but I'm okay with it because I understand now, like even when you talk about tower moments and divinely orchestrated moments, I was on the right track, but I wasn't, but I wasn't on the right track in the sense that I was understanding that I was going to have to be in business for myself and I was going to have to generate goods or services and, or look for other means of income that were not dependent on me having to have my hand out to massa, you know, coming from having to go to work and clock in, you know, for a, a white woman and a white and white man, you know, just everything that comes with working on the plantation, right? And so, but with the pandemic, and actually this kind of all ties in hand in hand. This is so funny to me how I can have like a couple notes. I swear I'm going to come on here for two to three minutes and the, the messages just start to flow. But even when we were um, reading the book, How Rich People Think, it was talking about how ah, it came to me and then it slipped, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it because it, it's, it's definitely for the right, for the track. Oh yes, it was talking about how um, chapter 13, how, um, the world, how the world-class think about money is more strategic, right? So when you're lower class, poor class, poverty mindset, you worry about making money. You're worried, you know, worried running the nine to five. You're worried about retirement, putting the kids through college, 
being able to afford nice things, whether you're going to be even be able to put your hand to your mouth, let alone go on vacation. But but the the irony is, um, I was sharing how like my family and I, right along with everybody else, all three generations, parents retired, um, me and my my siblings, you know, being the the adult children, and I ca- I'm call my 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 little niece the chikatina right what did we had to have a come to jesus moment where it's like how are we going to make our money and how do we become more creative but i think that in many ways we were able to leverage the quiet time the winter um where we were forced to sit down and figure out how to work smarter, right? I've been talking to you guys about um, alpha versus gamma. And you are being forced, whether you like it or not, <laughs> to to um, to think strategically how to get ahead faster and further, right? Um, and, and you see that even with the message that was there. So when that statement that we were working with a couple, it's almost like a couple, a couple months ago, is that they want to keep you so busy in the rat race of life that nine to five, because they know that once you slow down, you're going to start to, to have, you know, exercise your mind. And that's, and that makes it for a dangerous mind. And so with that downtime, now that I, you know, I'm finally at a place where I'm, I'm making, um, I'm just on the cusp of making what I was salaried and I'm not reporting to anybody. I'm, I'm not doing any goods or services to equivocate that, but it, it took me having to sit down and start to use my mind and look for things that would get me to that. Right. Um, so I say all of that to say, you know, kind of transitioning it to, the quiet time, the quiet space, why it's so important. Because um, I, I want to encourage you to get to those moments and, and financial wealth will help you get to where you can think in the divine spaces that you need to. So all of that to say that um, I've noticed that because I'm able to sit in spaces, and I can sit back and observe the moving pieces and who's on the game board and I can learn more things of what's going on around me than when I was doing the nine to five. So that was a long winded way of explaining, you know, where I am and why I want you to to get to this point and what it's going to take for you to get to this point where you can start to hear this level of of intellect kicking in. Um so, so I went from working nine to five, working other jobs and coming home, like sometimes 12 o'clock midnight, meeting with mentors, meeting with the bosses, getting the projects done, going to work, having to go to the gym. And I would just come home and, you know, not really have time for, I, I knew that I wanted to make money. I knew that I wanted to be financially independent. I knew I had a purpose, but it wasn't. And so I was, I was doing what everybody else told you was saying and the last three chapters of how rich people think is really going to help if if you haven't go back and listen to those they're really small like i think the messages are usually within the first three to five minutes but it will change your mind like you start to realize that 
you know, it's kind of sad, but I was, I went all the way up to a PhD. I didn't complete the program, but the last year that I was there, and it served its purpose. I'm grateful for everything. But you start to read things, books like How Rich People Think, and you start to realize, OMG, I was just in the rat race with everyone else. The world was telling me if I go to school and I work, you know, through my MBA and I go to my PhD, which is exactly what happened with my, um, because my job was paying, they paid for my whole master's, they paid for my whole, they were paying for me to go to my doctorate. In fact, one of my, my, my bosses, um, he was, when I tell you that out of it all, I have good people that have been the women beneath my wings. And one of them was a white guy. But when I tell you that there are, and we're going to be talking about, I'm talking about blanket statements now. Let's get into it. He stood out from the rest, even from all the faculty and everybody else that I worked with. Golly, I'm not going to cry, guys. I'm such a, uh, but I rem- and the, part of the reason I'm a little bit sad about it is because he did pass away from cancer. <clears throat> This is not in the script, y'all. But I remember um, there were so many things I could say positive about him um, and definitely set apart from my other bosses. Because when I tell you I had a boss that was a woman that I used to cry on the way to work because it was like she was so mean to me. But um, one of the things I want to kind of highlight about him and so you understand his nature a little bit He was very bright, very brilliant. In fact, he actually gave me some of the financial advice um, in the process, right? So he was very smart. And um, we had an interim position where we needed a dean. And he, when I tell you, he excelled in everything that he did. Um, Oh, I could go on and on and do a tribute to him. But he didn't want to be in that position and out front. But very low key, down, low key, um, down to earth type of person, very kind, very kind person, and um, but he was also very smart. Like while everybody else was working faculty positions, he was making money selling books, and he was the one that encouraged me to get my my doctorate. But it was one of those things where, and I didn't, I just, um, because my job paid for for all my education, so, or for my my master's and my, the first year of my um, PhD, and and so um, I was right along with everybody else just in this rat race of, um, well, if I go to school, I'm going to make more money. But again, how the rich people think, go back and listen to the last three chapters. And you start to realize that, wait a minute, you know, I remember taking classes and thankfully, one of the things I think has been my strength has been listening. And so I was in classes with other people that were teachers and working to be superintendents because um, I was branching off of business administration into administration and leadership. And I started to listen to what they were saying. And so even though I was excelling in my classes, what was happening is I started to realize, wait a minute, I would have to reposition myself into the educational system and put some years under my belt, um, working as a teacher and working through different administrative roles before I could get into administration and leadership. And at that point, I had already... um, 
done the, the bulk of my my career. And so I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I was like, I'm going through the motions. I'm enjoying the classes, but this is not going to generate me income. I'm not going to go through all of this to go to be work as a teacher and their type of schedule. I was like, the math is not mathing. And so, you know, the most I would be able to get out of a PhD would have been maybe to write a book, you know, because I, I started to the business business mind part of me. I said, okay, well, if that's the route of a teacher, what can I do? And I was like, well, I could do courses and I can write books. But it just, at that point, I realized, okay, this is not going to make me the type of money, like the millions that I want to make, right? But I'm talking about, you start to realize that uh, you're part of the rat race. And when you, when you take the time to reflect and start to think is when you can make strategic um, moves. Okay. Anyways, kind of parked a little bit there and I need to wrap up this message, but, and this might be a little bit longer too, but we're talking about the winter, right? And right now there's a lot of, of things that are stagnant, things that are going on below the surface, but I want to assure you that spring is coming. And with that, I know that there's been a lot of conversation, not the best time to be dating right now, even in the, um, Oracle about Aquarius, you know, we're cutting away things that don't serve us right now. And we're questioning things. We're still in the um, Venus retrograde. That energy is going to be with us, I think, for another couple of weeks. A little bit of Mercury retrograde. But those things that are that are happening, that Venus retrograde that we talked about since last year is forcing you to look at... Um, love and relationships. And what you're noticing right now um, is that there's a lot of blanket statements being made. This has probably been going on all age of Pisces, right? Um, But I think what's unique about age of Aquarius and moving forward and even for spring, right? And how your divine masculine is going to be revealed to you is There's a lot of blanket statements that we're starting to deal with. And a lot of us are having to crawl out from blanket statements about who we people told us that we are, blanket statements about what divine femininity and divine masculinity is, blanket statements about what the black community does and how we move. And also, I'm gonna also specify about the blanket statements about the black woman, right? And so uh, um one of the things that I am noticing with divine masculines is, you know, I'm ready to roll right along with them, but I've noticed that we've been talking about what a divine masculine is or not, right? And we've been, I've been driving home the message like your divine masculine is not going to be into this ghosting, orbiting, you know, gaslighting, love bombing shit. It's not, he's not. And I think that most of them are taking offense to it, but we're talking about coming out from under the blanket statements and how they're going to, we've been talking about revealing their hand, right? And I think that energetically divine masculines are like, look, we were never going to ghost our divine feminine. We're never going to question your value. We know our value. We know how to spot it immediately. And that's what we're going to gravitate towards. We're not going to you know, have you in third-party situations and second-guessing and insecure and confident. We have worked very hard to be just as, you know, 
sound of mind as you are, to recognize sunshine, to recognize your value the same way that we recognize ours, we're not going to leave you, you know, we fully understand that a divine masculine brings structure and order. We understand that we're not going to bring chaos and disorder to your life. And I think that at this point, this is where I dropped the mic on that on behalf of the divine masculines, because they are moving on to other things. I think that it's kind of been tolerated because it's so remedial, but now the divine masculines are starting to step to the front and going to, they're vocalizing. Because I think one of the things about divine masculines, they're not the most vocal beings, right? It's divine feminines that you kind of get a temperature for what's going on in the black community and, you know, in the workplace, like we're vocal, we're sharing the sentiments and the divine masculine men for the most part, excuse me, sit back and observe and whatever. And, and this is another thing too, in case you didn't know, but if you want to understand uh, men and I, I, um, heard this from someone else, men, they like to conserve their energy, their, their energy. And so you're going to have to, I don't have time to go into all the details, but they will move when it's necessary. And so all up and through this point in time, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, there's people out there saying that divine masculine is ghosting and orbiting and divine masculines are like, nah, that's bullshit. Like we don't even play like that, but whatever. But the next rung is divine masculines are stepping out. I've been seeing them. I've been noticing a lot of Scorpios um, out here in the spiritual conversations, but I'm starting to notice the same thing happening with divine masculines. Now, just at a peak when we're starting to see where, you know, there's a lot of domestic violence and there's police brutality and there's talks about reparations and how to move forward for the Black community and how to have the father figures and how to employ ourselves and how to have more power economics and to get legislation and policies in place to end redlining and how to make the world a better place. All of the, the not all, but you're, I'm starting to notice that the masculines are starting to rear their heads and be like, okay, it's time to, for me to vocalize what's going on for me. And this is what I stand for. And I don't, you know, and so divine feminines in this winter, you know, the blanket statements are being made, but I want to assure you there's a beautiful spring where the divine masculines are going to start to show their head and it's going to bud and blossom into you're going to see them become even more prominent and vocal and assertive and all the hard work that they've been doing is going to come forth. It's going to be a beautiful thing. I already, I already feel it, right? So I think that I'm right there with the divine masculines. Like, I feel like energetically they're done trying to fuss and fight with you and tell you like, we're not going to ghost you. We're not going to orbit. We're not going to gaslight you. We're not going to be narcissistic. We're not going to be in and out of your life, creating chaos and disorder We're we've always been about structure. We recognize your value. We've always been about leadership. And, but now the time has come to, to come out, you know, be out on the front line and be vocal. And a lot of them have probably been doing the the shadow work. I want to also encourage you too. I've felt it too. I don't think that, I think that a lot of people think that this guy that their heart got attached to is their divine masculine and is really not. Your divine masculine is going to be rearing his head and blossoming and coming out of the ground 
and stepping into his divinity the way that a lot of us have been doing our shadow work. The difference is for some of us, like I think I recognized it earlier in the game, and that space is open for a knight in shining armor that when you look at the card from the Aquarius, when I tell you I'm looking in the mirror, he's looking back at me and he's just as driven as me, just as wealthy as me, just as royal as me, um, as loving and self-aware as I am and wants to break generational curses. Like uh, the difference is I create, I emptied that space because I recognized that what my heart had been tuned to was not a divine masculine. And so that that winter has been there. But I think what's going to be very interesting is some of you have still held that heart space. And when the real divine masculine comes up and starts to rear his head, you're going to see the contrast. You're going to see the black on white. And it's going to, you know, I hope that you guys honor and don't create more third party generate third party situations where now you have the true divine masculine in limbo with this karmic partner, you know? Um, And I think the tragedy would have been that now you start to recognize like, oh my God, that's divine masculine. He's, he's coming out in the community. He's been healing. He's going to be sharing his stories, how he made it through the dark night of the soul, the same time that you were. And he's going to talk and walk and look a lot like the healed version of you. The only difference is you're going to have a little bit more residue because your heart space will have been attached to something that wasn't even worthy of that space, right? So just think about that. It's the winter. There's time still there, but we've been talking about even on the on the board, on the chessboard, you get to that point where you make, you've made, you've been making the power moves. You've been working on your mind, working on yourself, working on your finances, your confidence, your self-esteem. You made that move forward and it's time for you to be upgraded from the pawn to the king or to the, I mean, from the pawn, because you can't upgrade to a king, (laughs) you can upgrade to a queen, Um, to the bishop or or a queen or a rook. And some of you guys do not want to take that piece. It's an upgrade. But you're, some of you are just at that place where you, you've done all the work, but you just don't want to remove that, that piece. And it's like, mentally the block is there but it's like it's an upgrade and you have to move that space so that that better version that higher frequency that you've been working and making that strategy move to can fill in and i think it's going to be interesting for those of you who have allowed yourself to go through detaching from what was you thought was your you know your divine masculine for the real divine masculine oh oh so excited for you excited for me right? But for some of you, it's you're going to really start to see the real divine masculines are standing up. I promise you, I see it. When I tell you that this is the, the downtime has allowed me to sit back and look at the power players and how the world is moving and who is starting to add their voices on their forefront. It's that this message is going to be a little bit longer. So I'm watching my time. Um, this cuts off at 30 minutes. So I'm going to keep going through the message for the next two minutes. And then Go on some more. So same thing too. Blanket statements about the divine feminine. So, you know, um, we've been exploring what it means to show up as a divine feminine and what it means for the energy and for um, embodying that frequency. 
And so it also means that we're having to not, to really distinguish ourselves from the low vibrational women that are out there. Um, and acknowledging that, I think, you know, I, I want one of the things I always want to uh, drive home moving forward is I want you to get the vivid imagery that you are the Black Queen on the chessboard. And don't ever come off of your square for that. Don't ever step out of that element for that. Continue to move in that way and continue to move in that energy. You know, you're going to have other pawns on the board and low vibrational people who are doing all kinds of crazy things, but you never descend from your throne to address that. And I think that that's what that empress energy is about, right? We're going to be talking about that a little bit more. I think I'm going to stop here and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about the blanket statements that are happening with the black community and black women protecting their, their image. Um, let's continue to do that. So let me stop the recording here and then I'll come back and address those other two issues. Okay, kids. So we might have a little bit of background noise. Why is it 11-11 on my, on my thing when I just reached for my phone? <laughs> Look at my notes. Hey, 11-11. Sweet. All right. So I wanted to talk about blanket statements um, and what this means for you and me. And so we've been talking about the chessboard. And one of the things I noticed is the black and white element, right? And so for the game to go on, right, in the game of life, uh, energetically, the planets are aligned in a way that's forcing people to make black and white decisions in their, um, in different areas of their life. Okay. And so, um, so right now you see in the black community conversations about, you know, are we, are we, how can I express it? Because there's 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 different dynamics going on, right? But when it comes to our finances, I would say that the blanket statement that society has is that we're lazy, um, and poor and ignorant, um, and then you know. The blanket statements also, the blanket statements are that black women are ratchet and that black men are dusties and murderers and, and that type of thing. So I think that what's going to help us in our conversations moving forward is part of the divine process is you coming out from under that blanket and that calls for you to ascend. And that means that you are setting yourself apart from everybody else. And that means, you know, we've been moving different. We've been thinking different. We've been going about life on, on a different frequency. Um, but what's happening is some people are being forced to show their head. Um, and so it's things like, for example, there's one, one of the, like, so for example, um, I, I'm blanketing the statement for blanket community. I mean, for black community with also the men and the women, how we're 
how we're reacting to things. So one of the ways that you will be able to identify, for example, a divine masculine, right? Or if you want to identify, if, you know, because some of you are might be interested in the, the relationship side and some of you might be interested on the community side. If you want to know if it's a divine masculine in terms of, you know, somebody that is going to show for you in this one way, or if, you know, when we talk about on the on the chessboard, there is um, the bishop, the queen partners with the bishop and the rook. So, and I've talked about going with the community where you are loved and cherished and protected, right? The, te- the, the part that's for your team. So this is how you will identify if you're dealing with a divine masculine or a bishop or a rook. People that are in your corner or in your favor that are on your team. So there have been discussions about, um, I, I think her name was Lauren. Beautiful, beautiful, takes my breath away. Beautiful young lady. Um, it was a black, black young woman. I think she wasn't even a, like over 21, something like that. And she went on, the, it's the, the woman that um, the story is associated with Bumble. She met this, this white guy on Bumble and allegedly they had a date and he, according to him, let him tell it, um, he took her to bed and was laying next to her. And when he woke up, she had blood coming out of her nose and had passed away. And the police are being lackadaisical about it didn't even collect any of the items from the house. And so it looks like there was um, foul play at play. And so that's one topic where people are starting to show their hand, right? And so you can go to any coverage on YouTube and you'll see people saying like, you know, um, and unfortunately it's black men, like it's kind of weird because you would think it'd be a white guy that would be like kind of getting off on black people getting killed. But anyways, but it'll be like a black guy that will say, well, she deserved it or that's what she gets for bed wenching, da da da, right? And so then if there was somebody that you thought you would be interested in and he uses that kind of statement, like, girl, don't just walk away, like run, like, thank God, thank the divine source, infinite source and run and don't ever look back because it's like, he just showed his hand, like what that means for you and what that means for if you were to have daughters or that type of thing. Right. Um, And so some of the best responses I have seen are from people who haven't even been, you know, part of the YouTube community or podcast or that type of thing, but they're having the courage to like, enough is enough. At the end of the day, this is like my sister, you know, um, I'm not always going to agree with everything that she says or does, but that's like my little sister. And if you hurt my sister, you're going to have problems. And so they're holding him accountable regardless, you know, needless to say, there are, you know, like I've always told you guys, there was the one guy that set his, his, um, it was a black guy that set his black woman, black girlfriend on fire. She's pregnant with his twins. Like, so it's one of those things where you start to, when people start to talk, they're starting, people are starting to put their foot down and show their hand and distinguish themselves from other people, right? Um, And and that's how you're going to be able to identify who your divine masculine is. Because I think that this winter, a lot of us have been in separation or not in union with them yet. 
um, haven't even met them yet. We've been settling for the lesser version of what we thought love is, but you're going to see that the, the beauty of when the divine masculines, because like I said, I think that I got the nature energetically, they're below the surface. They're very action oriented. Like I said, not even going to be online. I had said this months ago, but the divine masculine that you want, like even the exes I have, they're not online. They're not on these conversations all vocal, uh, vocal and about. They are busy. They are at work. They are on mission. They are getting things done you know, supervising, making calls, getting business run, hiring people, firing people, importing, exporting, getting contracts together. Like there's no time for them to be in these online streets. So, but I think that things have gotten to the pl- pl- place where some of them and, and, and um, the fact that they're even starting to come up online, a little bit and I can tell what kind of caliber of people they are lets me know that we're not going to get a mass out flooding of divine masculines but you're going to see it in the way that they talk in the house next door to you or on the job or at an expo and that type of thing I hope I'm making sense that you're going to be able to identify because they're going to make sure to get from under the blanket statements they're going to to work to um, make it very clear to you that they do not resonate or they do not um, identify with the taking of a life, regardless of if the partner is black or white or a police officer, right? Um, at the end of the day, the, the there's the value of the life and the sisterhood and the values of community that they are going to make very clear to you right? I think that there was a time. And so what does that mean for us, even divine feminines too? I think same thing for us too, you know, um, there, there's, there's, um, and I've, I've mentioned it before, but there are other black women that are, will attack the black queen, you know, and, um, and will give us a bad face, especially if they're out there in the workforce or spreading that propaganda, online it's like part of my voice is trying to make sure like no I don't think that all women all black women are ratchet I don't think that all black women don't deserve to be loved I don't think that all black women are not beautiful you know um I know I'm listen I am your burping baby oracle (laughs) you can listen to all my podcasts and stuff I always have a um (laughs) so gross but I I can't help it it comes out I don't know I'm gonna get a virtual assistant to edit out my burps for me (laughs) but um yeah so I think that in this uh winter transitioning to spring divine feminine if you haven't been vocal before um Look for ways to be more vocal to identify what you what it is that you stand for to give clarity to what makes you set apart from others. Because one of the things too, like when I okay, here's another example for divine feminines. Um, we've been talking about what is a true divine feminine and how do you get set apart from all the other women and all the other feminines? And I've been talking about third party situations and I've been calling out like how sick and disgusting, like, let's think about it energetically. 
I just popped my ear, so I might sound funny. I know, I know, I'm all over the place, but there are tarot readings out there that talk about the karmic. Why the f- do you care what's going on with the karmic? If he's with another woman, he's not with you. He's exactly where he wants to be. So why are you spiritually stalking them to find out, you know, that they got into a fight and there's problems in their relationship? That's none of your business. Leave them alone. Think about that. So you're watching tarot readings like feeding up this energy that's telling you that they're you're wanting him to discard her. That third party energy, that's not divine. There's nothing divine about third party situations. Ah, y'all, my chikatina, she uh she got a hundred percent. First place. <gasps> ah! <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, sorry, I'm a proud auntie. Wow. Oh my gosh. You guys, I- I'm not even going to apologize for that. Thankfully, listen, the little ones come first. When I tell you, baby girl is killing first place. She ran the mile first place, got 100%. Listen, I could share stories about that, like how we've been working on that for her. Oh, my God. So proud of her. She is self-driven, though. She's self-motivated. Like, Anyways, but um, so Black community and blanket statements. So when it comes to divine feminines, I feel like, a true divine feminine is not going to be ener- feeding energetically or being a vampire off of tarot readings that are spying into an, a, some man that's with another woman and just, uh, what is, what is, uh, what's the word that I want to use? Like just feeding off of the energy that there's problems going on with their situation and you're being happy about it and waiting in the, in the throes, you know, for him to come back to you. No. No, no, that there's nothing divine about that. Your divine masculine is going to see you. He's going to recognize you. He's going to make it clear to you. We're going to explore a little bit about what the healthy separation looks like and the purpose of it. Um, But this constant in and out and leaving you second guessing and sleeping with him, her and them. And over there in her house, in her on her bed, eating her food, or you know, going through it with them. No, that's not yours. That's not for you. Like that's what I mean by blanket statements. Divine feminines are gonna start to crawl out from under the, the blanket statements. Divine masculines are doing it too. I think divine masculines, um, I'm gonna call it, they're a little bit more advanced ahead of us. You're gonna start to see them vocalize about things even more so before about their understanding that um and it's kind of hard to explain, but since I've already gone into overtime, the way that it was another woman that explained it to me, but, and she was married, but it makes sense. 
you know, we get frustrated because Divine Feminines, we're queens, we're all over the board. So we'll be walking through the house, picking up, wiping down, doing things on, on the domestic front. And we'll be like, babe, um, I need the car oil changed or I need something, you know, the lawn mowed and that type of thing. And so you'll notice that he'll just sit there um, for a while. And that's actually okay. Like, they'll sit there for a while, but it's like at the penultimate moment, <laughs> right? They will get up and they will go and they will mow the lawn. Um, but it's, it speaks to kind of, I, I'm not even probably doing this justice. If you know, you know, if you don't know, then I'll try to find other ways to express it to you. But, um, <laughs> um, it, it speaks to like, they generally try to conserve energy um y'all this is why i need to get a virtual assistant to edit my um my future stuff because i would tell him to just cut this part out um but but they tend to conserve energy so uh understand that about human behavior like men's behavior and so but at the right time they will step to the to the forefront and they will take the action that's needed and you're going to start to see a lot more of that coming up. I think that we're at a boiling point and um that I'm already seeing it this is the best way I can explain it. I'm so sorry I got distracted. <laughs> but but I'm going to call it let's keep an an eye out for it. Um, a lot of you are single divine feminines. The winter is here, but the spring is coming. And one way to identify, you know, your divine masculine is he's going to be more vocal about it. Maybe not necessarily online, but, um, very vocal about making sure to distinguish, you know, where he stands on things in terms of world views. Cause remember that part of your union has to do with mission and, breaking generational curses, right? I think it's what sets your relationship apart from the regular everyday um, relationships, if that kind of makes sense. Um, And then I'm going to wrap up with this one. So the Black woman protecting her image. I want to continue to encourage you to do that, um, to protect your image as a Black queen and for the collective. Um... Because right now, the blanket statements that are out there is what got us in trouble in the first place. I think that, um, I won't say her name, but, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about, and and you guys probably will know who I'm referring to just based on my content that I've been putting up, but it's a very specific woman that's out there that's attacking the Black Queen. And I think what makes me sad and, and I will figure it out. Like I have a feel this is going to come to me. I'm going to be able to figure it out. But it's like, what makes me sad is that someone told this beautiful brown skin, brown eyed little girl that she wasn't lovable, that she was ratchet, masculine, you know, not to be desired to be trampled on. And, and she bought it. She ate what they gave her, bought the ticket. And people are always selling ideas about who you are um, 
And sometimes we will go and get front row tickets to what they're telling us that we are. I think that a lot of us within ourselves, we have to figure out like sometimes I won't go too much into family dynamics, but sometimes they're projecting their stuff onto you. And part of the divine process is you're going to have to figure out, I am a loving person. I am lovable. I am kind. Um, I'm not going to continue to get taken advantage of. I am disciplined. I am good with my finances. Um, I am caring and nurturing and maternal and whatnot, what have you right? Which could be the opposite of what people try to project onto you, right? And so when I was talking about the importance of us protecting the Black the black woman's image, you know, um, if we don't vocalize and protect our image and highlight ourselves for being maternal and loving and soft-spoken and smart and intellectual and community community oriented, right? There's going to be other little beautiful brown baby girls and baby boys that are going to think that maybe it's just dusties out there. Maybe just all the women out there really are ratchet and loud and abrasive and not taking care of their children or making poor decisions. So those things matter. Representation matters right? We all know what it felt like when we heard, saw the story of like, um, I think it was a Tiana. I never saw the movie, but it's something about seeing the Black princess. I remember just even being able to get my first Cabbage Patch doll. My auntie gave me one for my seventh birthday. I was in the first grade and I took that doll with me everywhere. Her name was Carla. And um, I took her to Disneyland with me and first grade for show and tell. But she was my color and she had brown, dark hair like me and beautiful chocolate eyes, right? But the representation matters. And so I want to continue to encourage you to be vocal and to present that. I think it's one thing that we're talking about showing hands and blanket statements. We have to come out from under the blankets. And that means you have to become visible. And that means you have to become vocal. It's calling for us to come out of our comfort zone. And um, there was something that came to my mind and then it escaped me again. Um, blanket statements coming out from under the... the. Oh, I remember what it was. And then I'm going to close out because I have a little bit of background noise. <laughs> um, but one of the... I, I started looking at the domino plays. The first play that I learned was the Tennyson Gambit. And that's how to capture the Black Queen. Um, it's predicated on the idea that Blacks do not protect their <laughs> Black queen. But it made me curious about the other strategies. And there's this one guy I'm, I'm starting to follow. And it's going to take me a while. He has 35 plays that you need to know on the chessboard. But the first one of his 35 that he talks about was you have to get out front and center. You have to be visible in order to dominate on the board and to to win in life, right? Because we are talking about the Black community and how to get ahead and also for the protecting the image of the Black queen. So um, uh, let me try to get this message out real quick before the background takes me. But, but and so what's been happening is um, I made some naughty statements and I deleted those <laughs> podcasts. But I was talking about how some 
some of the players on the board are taking soft jabs from the sidelines, right? And it's soft and it's hidden and it's covert. And you're not going to win that way. That's like chess 101. If you want to dominate the board, if you want to win, you've got to be out front and center. And that means being vocal and visible. And you've got to have confidence and move forward, right? So I hope that that made sense. I hope that that was um, some takeaways from that. I'm going to sign off. I am your baby Oracle. Until the next podcast, peace.